Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vichara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Norhari House. My guest today is uh, Andy Vargoski, a senior vice president of Agility, and he's based in Singapore. Thank you for being here, Andy. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Norhari. Wonderful to be on your show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we get started, could you please brief a bit about yourself and your professional background? <laughs> Thank you for the question. Um, Look, I've spent almost 30 years in the um, logistics uh, transportation business. Uh, I, 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 I'm originally from, from Hungary, but I call Australia home. Um, mm-hmm. more, most more notably Sydney, but I've, I've lived in almost 13 different countries growing up as a child in, in Africa and then moving to different parts of the world. And my logistics career has taken me from working in Australia, New Zealand, uh, into Europe, Austria, Russia. Then I worked in the Middle East, Dubai, and many parts of Asia, including Thailand, India, and uh, now Singapore. So I've spent most of my life on the road and uh, worked in aviation industry with airlines and for pretty much half of my time. And then, of course, the last 15 years in the logistics sector, doing air, ocean, uh, road logistics, contract logistics on the ground, anything to do with transportation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Andy, uh, the Agility just released a report called Agility Emerging Market Logistic Index 2021, right? So what, what is the index telling about? Good, good question. Well, look, we've been doing the um, Agility Emerging Market um, Logistics Index for about 12 years now. It has two parts. First, we do a survey of 1,200 global logistics executives to find out what's in their mind right now as it relates to the emerging markets, the global logistics picture, and the economic outlook for the year ahead. Second, our research partner, Transport Intelligence, ranks the world's top emerging markets. It's a broad look at their competitiveness based on how they perform in international logistics, domestic logistics, and business fundamentals, which really means how business-friendly they are. These are factors that make them attractive to logistics providers, freight forwarders, shipping lines, air carrier, cargo carriers, and distributors alike. Yeah. So the index is, is pretty much about getting this feedback from, from this very uh, broad uh, spectrum of, uh, of, of respondents. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And could you also share with our listener what are some key findings of the index? Well, this year was particularly interesting because of the pandemic. Uh, the survey uh, was really noteworthy. Again, as I said, we surveyed 1,200 logistics and supply chain executives. Um, and what they've found, or what we found, is that we don't see a full global economic recovery until 2022 or beyond, mm-hmm. even though they believe Asia-Pacific will rebound very quickly, and North America and Europe will also bounce back in 2021. They see Latin America and the Sub-Saharan Africa taking longer to recover pre to the pre-pandemic levels. Actually, there is no major trend to move production in response to the pandemic. As you know, 
There was a lot of talk that multinationals would uproot from China or find sourcing partners closer to home. There would be multi-shoring or near-shoring or reshoring by American and European companies in response to the distributions that caused by the pandemic. But actually in our survey, only 21% said that companies are considering such strategies. And equally, as twice as many, almost 40% said they're trying to become more resilient by speeding up adoption of technology and strengthening their ability to conduct business online instead of moving the factories. Now companies that do leave China actually won't be reassuring either. We also asked executives where the companies would relocate production if they left China. I don't know if this comes as a surprise, but uh, they would not be moving back to Europe or US. The answer is definitely no. Yeah. They'll be moving to Vietnam, India, Thailand, Malaysia, and of course, Indonesia, your home country, were their top choices. So in, in our rankings, actually, China and India continue to be on top, right? Vietnam leaped uh, up, to eight, up to the eighth spot, up to up three spots. Asia Pacific and the Gulf markets dominated the top 10 in terms of business friendliness. Um, actually, the Gulf countries outperformed most others in terms of the business climate. And some other countries like Turkey, Brazil, Morocco, Ukraine, Kenya, Myanmar, made progress in international logistics competitiveness. But China remains clearly the top choice. Okay, so uh, now it's about the COVID-19, Andy. How uh, significantly has the logistic industry sector have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly in the emerging countries? Oh, look, every supply chain in the world has felt the pandemic. Every supply chain, yeah? Every supply chain. I think... Mm -hmm. We as individuals felt it as much as uh, the supply chain itself, right? If you, if you remember exactly. going back to, to the March uh, last year, period, mm. right? Air freight capacity sharply reduced. Uh, there was a lot of cancellation of passenger flights. And you, you would know that passenger aircraft typically account for about 50% of the global air cargo capacity. So air freight rates have spiked. Charter demand spiked. Dedicated air cargo flights reached unseen levels. You would have remembered that there were a lot of passenger uh, air, aircraft conversions taking place, particularly carrying the PP equipment uh, across the globe. So uh, the, the air freight capacity was, was sharply, sharply reduced. Now, on the ocean freight side, actually, it was a perfect storm because ocean freight capacity shrunk overnight. First, because the manufacturing in China and elsewhere in Asia became to hold in February, March of 2020. Then the carriers started canceling hundreds of scheduled sailings. And when the production resumed in China and the rest of Asia in sort of the May, June area, there was not enough vessels and scheduled sailings to handle the demand. Now, there was another complication to this, is other car car cargo containers, which handle most of the volumes in ocean freight where they were stranded in Europe. So you had canceled sailings and the containers that were stuck in Europe and the Americas and they couldn't be brought back to Asia when the production came up. So as a result, there's still a container imbalance. Not enough containers in Asia Pacific production location to move the goods out. And there is not enough containers on the, on the other hand to be moved around because you remember there were also um, uh, people affected handling uh, dockyard, the ships itself, the trucking, um, lockdowns. So all in all, uh, we've been we've come to a perfect storm in the ocean freight uh, uh, space, and it's slowly correcting itself, but only very very slowly. Mm -hmm. And 
I suppose the other factors uh, combined with the pandemic to make this a very volatile and rapidly changing logistic market was the explosive of e-commerce. There was a huge demand for warehouse space in many markets. Uh, the continued push for sustainable solutions at every step of the supply chain. And of course, trade protectionism, which is on the rise. Uh, Brexit, for that matter of fact, uh, uh, the UK supply chain was heavily impacted. And of course, by all parties in supply chain to go digital. I think last year has presented us with a um, situation that none of us have ever seen coming. Um, with the shortage of capacity, uh, the increased production, um, digitalization, and uh, all these trade protectionism put together uh, it was just a perfect storm for the supply chain. So heavily, heavily impacted uh, by the pandemic, I must say. It's mm -hmm. the most impacted year I've ever seen in my career. Okay, so um, when I read this index, Andy, it clearly states that no global recovery in 2021. So we just... Uh, to me, is a very, very provocative statement. How did the, the India come up with these conclusions? As I said earlier, we, we, had, we asked the 1,200 executives we surveyed, and this is what they told us. Keep mm. in mind yeah. that all the regions in the world will probably show a positive year-on-year -year GDP growth in 2021. And that is because in 2020, almost everybody declined in their GDP. It, with the exception of China and India, that showed a slight positive GDP growth in 2020. So the question is actually, how fast do we return to 2019 GDP levels and then show an increase from there? The executives in our survey felt that Asia Pacific and North America and Europe will bounce back in 2021. Latin America and the Sub-Saharan Africa region will take longer. But as a, side, as a side note, economists are also questioning whether Europe will be able to rebound in 2021. So it's really a combination. I think the baseline of growth need to go back to 2019. When we get to that level again, that's when we should be measuring growth from. So we can only hope that uh, with the rollout of the vaccine, um, which is taking uh, quite a good momentum in, 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 in many countries, um, we'll be able to open up the economies in, in a much faster way. But this is yet to be seen. What are the top priorities in 2021? That's a very good question, actually, because for most companies, the priority is building resiliency into their supply chain. They need to make it stronger, more flexible, more durable, more able to perform in the face of disruption. I think the learning that come up from last year is resilience, actually. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the, import of, the importance of digital earlier. Companies that adjusted to the pandemic quickly generally were those that were digitally ready. They had the tools they needed to communicate internally and with suppliers and vendors. They were able to get the real-time visibility in the shipments, orders, inventory, sales and supply status, and connect a greater share of their business, whether it was business to consumer, certainly, but also business to business, online through a simple, easy to use website and web application model. Uh, they were also the ones who collected the, and analyzed the data that would point out weaknesses, show their blind spots and highlight trends or patterns they needed to address. So the companies that weren't digitally ready were generally struggling. For them, it was the big question about survival, not necessarily about the recovery itself. But priority-wise, um, in 
and I would even say that in 2021, the fundamentals of the disruption of 2020 continues, actually. We have not seen the passenger aircraft capacity come back for airlines, for air freight to be readily available. The shipping lines, as I said earlier, are uh, recovering with the container imbalance, but they haven't recovered yet. We've seen generally in the market spikes in transportation um, or lulls. If you, I can also think about Chinese New Year, for example, that, that we've just passed. Today's market is unpredictable. It's consistently high. So it was really about uh, the priorities needed to be being uh, resilient, vigilant, but very important is how digitally ready they were to handle the supply chain uh, disruptions. And as I mentioned earlier, this is all to do with visibility, um, communication, and 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 analyzing the the weaknesses in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, uh, Andy, what are other key takeaways you may share with our listener? Look, the key takeaways is that the transport industry um, is vital to the global supply chain. Um, I think we've seen this. Uh, we've seen how important it is, how important logistics is. In in fact, in in the first time in my career as well, I've. I've heard that I'm a frontline worker, similarly to the medical uh, professionals, because we kept uh, cargo moving. Mm -hmm. uh, and cargo meant uh, uh, technology so that we can conduct our Zoom calls instead of travel. Uh, it meant uh, perishables so that we can continue stocking the supermarkets with the shelves. It really meant everything to do with, with, with our everyday life that we've taken for granted. And I think one of the key takeaways is that while logistic disruptions have taken place, um, it is still very little has actually changed from the buildup uh, in the emerging markets. Yeah. We'll continue to uh, be heavily relied upon for the global economy. There is no plan to nearshore the productions going back to European or American uh, shores. So where we live and where we work uh, and where our colleagues uh, are mostly based, uh, will continue to be play a very important role in our global supply chain. Um, and this has not changed, despite the political rhetoric and some in the early indicators that this may happen. So um, business as usual, we mm -hmm. carry on and uh, we carry growing. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I actually still have a couple of questions, Andy, but we are running out of time. So thank you for joining me, Andy. And my last question, if any owners would like to get a copy of Index, where, where they can find it? Well, please go to our website, www.agilitas.com, um, um, and uh, you'll be able to get links to the uh, survey, so Index itself. By, you can download it, you can watch videos, you can just look at the short summary if you uh, are interested to, to getting it. So again, at agility.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once again, uh, thank you very much for today's uh, podcast, Andy. Stay safe and bye for now. You're ready. Thank you. Thanks to the listeners. Bye-bye. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. 
To learn more, visit our website www.picharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.